0: Welcome to the Dynasty Freaks podcast with your host, Justin Christopher. For free rankings, player values, waiver wire tips, and trade advice, follow him online at DynastyFreaks.com or email DynastyFreaks at gmail.com. Hello and greetings from Austin, Texas. Welcome all of you Dynasty Freaks. Admit it, you are addicted to Dynasty. I am too. My name is Justin Christopher, and I'm a Dynasty Freak, which means I love drafting and trading and scouting and managing all my teams 365 days a year. So do you, so let's talk some Dynasty episode number 225. We're going to talk free agency week number two, and as expected, week two in free agency was less exciting than week one, for sure. Uh, But a few players, you know, changed teams and shook up some Dynasty values as a result. Plus, there was an exciting trade that we could talk about, too. Uh, The sad theme of this week, though, is the one-year contracts, both for running backs and tight ends, just not getting any love. Been pretty wild to see how that's been happening. But we'll talk about some of those players, and right now I'll give you some of my thoughts on players that changed teams last week. Uh, First, we'll talk quarterbacks, then we'll go running backs, wide receivers, and a couple tight ends. Uh, Quarterbacks, two really worth mentioning, Gardner Minshew for the Colts. Uh, Minshew signed uh, with the Colts in Indianapolis and really has an excellent chance to become the starter there. Uh, the Colts are likely to draft a quarterback in the first round, but they may draft one of the guys that they feel like they need to have develop under Minshew. That, of course, would be Anthony Richardson, who would need much time to develop, and Will Levitz, who arguably could use some time as well. Those are the quarterbacks that are most likely to be available to them, unless there's some kind of a wacky trade, and both of those guys could use use some time to develop, especially Richardson. Minshew, you know, can't play much worse than the string of below-average quarterbacks the Colts have trotted out there the last few years, so he should be able to keep the dynasty value of his pass catchers afloat um, with hopes that, you know, this rookie, whoever they draft, is going to eventually become a strong quarterback and then make their offense really good. And, but managers who have Minshew in super flex leagues should be very pleased with this, as they probably have an additional short term starter uh, that just popped onto their radar now. So good for them. Next, one I thought that it'd still be worth mentioning would be Marcus Mariota for the Eagles. Uh, he signed with Philadelphia to back up Jalen Hurts. Uh, the Eagles, you know found a quarterback that has some of the same unique abilities that Hertz does, albeit not nearly to the same degree. Mariota could be you know effective if forced to play because Hertz gets injured. Uh, he could you know come close to Hertz as a runner. He'd certainly be a downgrade from a passing standpoint, uh, just like if you go just based on how he passed the ball last year in Atlanta. Uh, Mariota, you know, once the second pick in the NFL draft has now begun to accept his role as a career backup. I think that's it for him. But he settled in a team that could make him relevant if Hurts, you know, was to get hurt, so to say. Uh, let's go running backs, though. Here's where some interesting things happen. Uh, one was Damien Harris. Uh, he signed with the Bills. And I've always been higher on Harris, the most dynasty managers and analysts. So it's no surprise to me you know, that I would say that I think Harris is the best running back the Bills have had on their roster since the Josh Allen era began. Uh, but I believe Harris's dynasty value is going to rise after the signing uh, even though I do have concerns about Josh Allen's impact on running backs as traditionally he's been used so much in the red zone. Uh, Allen does take a lot, of, a lot of red zone touches away on the ground and through the air. But I think as Allen ages, the team's going to try to involve running backs more in the offense overall and in the red zone. Uh, signing Harris uh, may be an indication that they want to do so. So Dynasty managers who hoped that James Cook would be the RB1 for the Bills next year, uh, they are the most disappointed by this signing. Uh, I think that Harris is really going to be the top back and Cook is going to be the second back, and that's really going to hurt uh, Cook. Although, Harris has only signed to a one-year deal, as will be the case with many of these running backs. you know, So he you know, not just do it for this year, and they'll see what they can do, if they can extend him if he does well. So Cook still has a longer contract, so that's good for him. Um, he's undoubtedly the player that will be most impacted by this move, but Harris, I think, is going to see his dynasty stock rise. I'm hopeful that they're going to use him more than the Patriots ever did uh, since uh, Rowan Stevenson showed up on the scene and kind of put Harris as the second fiddle. Harris now gets to rise back to, the, let's say, the first fiddle for the Bills. Similar thing happened uh, for the Texans. Devin Singletary signs a one-year deal with the Texans, much to the frustration of Damien Pierce managers in this case. Uh, though again they only signed him to a one-year deal i, I think this one's going to be a little bit different than buffalo though i think that pierce is going to maintain his role as the rb1 but a singletary is going to cut into his workload for far more than rex burkhead did yeah, others did last year pierce took almost all the carries start to start the season before he got injured i think this year there's going to be a little bit more of a change of pace with singletary um damian Pierce or pierce still you know number one but singletary is going to be a close number two uh this helps the Texans, you know, but it hurts the dynasty value of both Pierce and Singletary, at least short term. I think the only league where I have Singletary, I instantly offered him to, to the Pierce manager for a third round pick, just trying to get something back to let a guy get his handcuff, at least his handcuff for a year. Sadly, in that league, the other owner's very um, inactive, so he's yet to respond to the trade offer, but it gives you an idea about how I see Singletary's long term uh, dynasty value. Uh, Pierce is still up there but definitely takes a bit of a hit because of Singletary signing. Another one-year signing was Deontay Foreman signed with the Bears. And Foreman actually signed with the Bears at the first week of free agency, but I forgot to uh, talk about him last week, and so I thought I'd talk about him now. Uh, again, keep in the tradition. He signed a one-year deal to compete with Khalil Herbert, whose managers were hopeful that he have no competition after David Montgomery signed with the Lions. It's still, uh, I still think in this case, though, it's definitely Herbert's job to lose. And uh, of the three running backs that I've talked about so far, Herbert, I think, has the the least impacted by this competition. However, that said, in an interview after the signing, Foreman said that he plans to win the job and become the lead back there. You know, I think it's good for him to want to do that, but I don't think he will. I think he'll be more of a true handcuff uh, from a fantasy football perspective, though. And really, this doesn't hurt Herbert as much as maybe other managers might think. Um, I still think Khalil Herbert's going to be the guy that's under contract there for two more years, and he's going to be the lead back for Chicago and do exceptionally well in that role next would be one i almost didn't mention but another running back here would be ronald jones signed with my cowboys i almost didn't talk about this one uh because he's you know he's maybe perhaps not even better than malik davis and rico dowdle that the cowboys you know have on their roster and uh, dowdle that they actually re-signed it's strange when i went to our our lads to look at the depth chart they list jones as the backup to pollard um i just think no way i don't think that that's really going to happen I think the Cowboys, uh, in addition to that, are very likely to draft a running back in the draft. Whether it's B. John Robinson, as some people have mocked them up to draft in the first round, or if it's really you know, among that great group of second-tier running backs that they could get you know, in the third or fourth round, I think Dallas is definitely going to add a running back. So I know I saw a couple of people uh, pick up Jones in my leagues after the signing. Um, I didn't even look. I wasn't interested. Next would be uh, De'Andre Johnson. For the Jaguars, uh, Johnson signed with the Jaguars, complicating their you know depth chart behind Travis Etienne. Uh, the Jaguars, you know, liked JerMichael Hasty enough and what he did for them. He actually did do well in spelling Etienne, and when Etienne was hurt a few times last season, um, and they actually signed him to a two-year contract a few weeks before free agency. And so, given that case, I really think that Dearness Johnson, you know, just signing a one-year deal, he's just been added for depth for the Jaguars. I know that there are a lot of uh, dynasty manager managers who are out there that really hope that Dearness Johnson would sign with a team that he'd get, you know, a fair chance to compete. Uh, this is not it for the Jaguars. This is just depth for them. Now we'll talk about the big trade as we move to wide receivers. Elijah Moore uh, was traded to the Browns. Finally traded, and while it was not to the Packers, as you know we talked about last week on the podcast, it was to the Browns, where the Jets got picks. But however, those picks might be used as a package to help trade for Aaron Rodgers. So one way you could say that Moore might still be part of the trade for getting Rodgers to New York in a backhanded way. Uh, Moore really needed to leave New York and just to give his second chance on his dynasty value. And I think that just move right here has already made his dynasty value rise. Again, I know the one league where I have him on my roster, I got a trade offer right away after this happened. And so uh, his dynasty value gets a little bit of a bump here and it could take a bigger bump, obviously, once you see him on the field. Moore's attitude problems, you know, landed him in the doghouse with the Jets. I'm hopeful that just the fact that now he's going to be feeling wanted again will help him commit to improving and to playing up to the level that we know he's capable of. That that couple, uh, I think it was a six, seven week stretch uh, for the Jets his rookie year. It was incredible. And so I think there's a lot of hope for him still uh, as becoming the the wide receiver too with uh, Amari Cooper there. Um, what's sad, though, for me is David Bell, because David Bell, as a David Bell truther, I like him so much. I think Moore's signing uh, really buries Bell on the depth chart because Donovan Peoples-Jones played so well last year, too. Now Bell is not even in the three-receiver sets for them, I don't believe. So pretty sad for David Bell. He's borderline droppable in most dynasty formats. In biggest leagues, um, He might it might be you know worth keeping I'm undecided in a couple of the leagues where I have him if I'm going to drop him or not. Next, we'll go to a couple more kind of small signings for receivers, but still worth talking about. Nicole Hardeman. Uh, he was Hardman went to the Jets. Hardman's you know, signing with the Jets was really what allowed them to trade Elijah Moore. Um, and, you know, again, to try to maybe give him one more weapon to try to attract Aaron Rodgers to, who knows what's going on in there psychologically. But I was never high on Hardman, you know, as most dynasty analysts and managers, even when he came out. So this signing really doesn't move the needle for me as to how I value him. I still think he's, you know, fourth fiddle to Garrett Wilson, Alan Lazard, and Corey Davis. I think he'll be effective for the team as a gadget guy, but he's not really going to do anything to help, you know, dynasty teams or anything that would hurt the value of the rest of the Jets receivers. Next would be Isaiah McKenzie. He was moved to the Colts. McKenzie, you know, held dynasty value for the last two years and was startable at times. I don't know, I started him a couple times in in deep leagues this last year. And, you know, he was being used effectively as the gadget guy for the Bills. I'm not sure that he's going to get that same uh, luxury with the Colts, and I don't think that's going to be make him uh, any more productive than he could have been with the Bills offense. So after leaving the Bills and signing with the Colts, I actually dropped McKenzie from the two rosters where I have him, and now I'm um, moved to much lower down my dynasty rankings. Much more liked him with the Bills when they used him effectively. I don't think the Colts will that much. Next one's kind of interesting was Mac Hollins signed with the Falcons, and the Falcons you know, uh, he's very likely to actually become a starting receiver in their three receiver sets. Uh, the Falcons have one of the least experienced wide receiver cores in the league and are sure to add some talent in the draft, I think. But for now, um, it's Holland's job to lose in three deep three wide receiver sets. In deep leagues, you know, Holland was also startable at times last season, played really well for Las Vegas as their wide receiver three. Uh, now he's going to be the wide receiver three for Atlanta unless some you know rookie comes in and beats him out. Um, Hollins was a pretty good landing spot for those that have him on their rosters. Similar but not as hopeful would be for Nelson Aguilar. Uh, He went to Baltimore. Uh, Like the Falcons, the Ravens also have one of the most inexperienced receiving cores in the league, and that makes, you know, Aguilar like an instant starter in three wide receiver sets as well. But unlike Hollins, uh, I don't see Aguilar as a startable receiver at any point this next season. Whether it's Tyler Huntley or Lamar Jackson that starts for the Ravens this next season, I just don't think that they pass enough to make their wide receiver three relevant. And they do have, you know, two tight ends that are better than most of, most of all, most, if not all of the receivers on their team. as to love Rashad Bateman, uh, but I think that the two tight ends that they have there um, are really going to be better than Aguilar to begin with. So not a, not a great move for him. Uh, might May help Baltimore some way, but it's definitely not going to help dynasty managers. One more curious one before we move on to tight end, one last receiver is DJ Chark. Uh, signed with the Panthers and really muddied up their wide receiver core by, you know, add, doing that's what they did. They added Adam Thielen and DJ Chark all to compete with Terrace Marshall, LaVisca Chenault, Shai Smith. Man, all that after trading away DJ Moore, the Panthers wide receivers have just been kind of a roller coaster of opportunity and roller coaster of, you know, Van, uh, dynasty value as a result of all these signings. I did check out uh, our lads to see how they listed them on the depth chart, and they have Chark, Thielen, and Marshall as the projected starters. But in my eyes, it's really much more of a guessing game than that. Strangely, too, Thielen's the oldest player of the bunch, and he has the longest contract with of all those receivers that are in their room right now. So pretty crazy. Strange and messy situation that I think puts a wet blanket on the dynasty value of everyone until we see what roles are firmly established with the Panthers and, of course, which new quarterback is going to be throwing the ball to these wide receivers in this group. Uh, not good for anyone in the Panthers right now. Very muddy situation. Move on now to two uh, tight ends, or really, it's going to be three, but two teams of tight ends. We'll talk about Dalton Schultz. He signed a one-year deal with the Texans. Again, like running backs, tight ends are just getting the shaft this year, and many of them just had to sign one-year deals, except for Hayden Hurst. Uh, it's been hard for all the tight ends. Uh, the Texans lost, you know, a lot of targets when they traded away Brandon Cooks uh, two weeks ago, and the new additions of Robert Woods and Dalton Schultz should be, you know, some of the primary guys to start eating up those targets. I would guess. That said. I think Schultz is moving from the Cowboys to the Texans as a major downgrade to his dynasty value, no matter which rookie quarterback they sign in the draft. The fact was just that Dak Prescott and Schultz had a connection and they played for an offense that elevated his fantasy production even above his ability as a tight end, in my opinion. The Texans aren't going to do that for Schultz. It doesn't matter who their quarterback is. The dynasty stock falls quite a bit in this trade and also simultaneously, sadly, brings down the fading dynasty stock of Brevin Jordan, who I thought would you know, maybe get a chance to compete and give him a chance to, to break out and show something, but it's going to be too little too late for Brevin Jordan, sadly. Speaking of too little too late, it's not quite too late for the next guy. That would be O.J. Howard and Austin Hooper. Both of those guys signed with the Raiders. The Raiders, man, they lost two tight ends this offseason when they traded away Darren Waller. And then um, didn't re-sign Foster Moreau, but then they learned that Foster Moreau actually had lymphoma conditions, so sad for him and prayers for Moreau for sure. So what they had to do is they promptly signed the two tight that were on the market right now, and they got Howard and Hooper. Howard, of course, is the younger one, and so he's going to be the presumed starter, I think. But, man, he sure has failed to produce on you know his first-round rookie draft value uh, that he once had has really failed to produce. It's true that he's been injury-ridden career so far, and given that's the case, it's possible that Hooper could actually beat him out. Uh, But OJ, I think, is going to get the first chance. I know that I added Howard to a few of my rosters after the signing and saw several other managers pick up Howard as well. Um, I've yet to see anyone do so with Hooper, though. So I haven't seen anyone do it with Hooper, but I've seen a lot of people, including myself, pick up Howard just to see what's going to happen. There's a big gap. Someone's got to fill it. I always give it to the guy with the greatest draft capital and see what will happen with O.J. Howard, right? All right, those are some of my thoughts on week two. I don't think I'm probably going to talk too much about week three of free agency as things kind of new cycle draws to an end. I'm going to start talking a little bit more about the rookies or I might even talk about next week some trades that I've made because I have made several different trades throughout the last couple of weeks and moves during free agency. So come back for that. I'm going to take the week of Easter off. So we'll uh, have a podcast next week, but won't have one the week after that. Just because life is busy when you're a pastor and it's Easter weekend and we got a lot of stuff going on. Anyway, that's wrap this week. My freaky friends, thanks so much for listening. Make it a two way conversation anytime by contacting me at dynastyfreaks at gmail.com. I'm much better on email than Twitter, so that's the best way to get a hold of me dynastyfreaks with two E's at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. I do appreciate your support. I do want to become your most trusted independent voice in the dynasty landscape. Until next time, you know what to do go out there and get freaky. Thanks for listening to the Dynasty Freaks podcast with your host, Justin Christopher. We welcome your thoughts and advice. Let us know what you'd like to hear on the podcast or see on the website to help you dominate your league. Justin prides himself in responding to every email, so hit him up anytime at DynastyFreaks at gmail.com and follow him on Twitter at LonghornJustin.